friend. Welcome to Burnt Out to Badass. It's me, your hostess with the mostest, Dr. Erin Wiseman, and I am showcasing amazing people who have recovered from burnout and reclaimed their inner badassery in the world. We're not spotlighting them because of what they do, but instead of who they are and the value that they bring into the world. And today's guest talks all about that. It's my super great pleasure to welcome Alex Gilbert, she, her, onto the podcast. She's a New Yorker, a Mets fan, a yogi, a fellow Hoosier, and a brunch enthusiast. She also has dyslexia and ADHD. And after spending her career working in leadership development, she decided to start a consulting and coaching business that will help adults with learning disabilities and or ADHD like herself who are struggling in their careers and in their workplace. Her business, Capable Consulting, was created to help them navigate their day-to-day workloads so they can feel supported and are able to reach their very highest potential. Such a great episode that we talk about today, breaking down disability in the workplace and how that contributes to her burnout. All right, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, my new friend, Alex Gilbert. Thanks for coming today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we're here talking a little bit about, you know, one of my personal passions with this burnout. And so I would love to hear your story and your relational dance to said burnout. I would just like to point out the fact that everyone's probably so burnt out from the pandemic in general. So burnout is so broad and everyone's story of it is so individualized. So I love getting to talk about mine specifically, but my burnout really starts because I have dyslexia and ADHD and I'm always burned out. I'm always burned out because I'm trying something over and over and over again and trying to fit into society that is not necessarily made for me. You know, we, Aaron and I were just talking right before this about how something so simple as having spell check on a lot of different programs is critical to life. Those are such simple things. So I've constantly been burned out because every time I try something, I'm not always getting the success that I want. And even though you quote unquote, try harder, that's really frustrating. And that can lead you to burnout all the time. And so it's been really a journey to understanding what burns me out, what can I take out of my life that is not serving me? What is What can I put in my life that is serving me? And how can I find the balance between the two so that I'm not constantly draining myself of skills that I don't have, but using the skills that I do have to make me feel successful? Absolutely. I love that because it is so true. And I think I love that you brought in the definition that it doesn't just have to be like professional burnout. Like I hate my job and it's like sucking the soul out of my body like a dementia. Like you can have life burnout. You can have... You can have it in any and all arenas. And I think it's, I love your story with that. So take us back to when you were eight years old and got your diagnosis. Yeah, I was, I was really privileged to be diagnosed at such a young age. And most people that I work with are being diagnosed with learning disabilities and ADHD much later in life, because for girls and women and people of color all show different symptoms of those disorders. And so they get misdiagnosed or not diagnosed until later on. But for me, I was 
being diagnosed because my parents noticed that I wasn't able to read and I was struggling with this and with that. And they were able to move me to a brand new school district that could provide me all these services because in our old school district, they wouldn't even test me. They didn't even believe that there was something wrong with me and we had to pay for outside testing and all of that. And it was so frustrating, but also very frustrating for an eight-year-old to not understand what I couldn't understand. You know, I had a lot of friends and I remember I was in like a special reading group and a special, like I had a special spelling list. And one of my closest friends at the time was like, why is your list so much easier than ours? And I was like, what? I didn't even know we had anything different. And now that, you know, kids could communicate in such a way and be so direct and kids are very direct with each other. It was like, oh my God, am I different? Am I stupid? Am I less than? Am I this? Am I that? And that is debilitating. And, you know, I always talk about the fact that this is probably along the lines of where mental health challenges really start. Because when you feel different, and you feel like you're less than and you're told by adults or teachers that you are, you believe it. And that burns you out too, because you just don't understand what you don't understand. Absolutely. And, you know, I've talked with so many people about like, where's the line between depression and burnout? And I really see it as just an overlapping gradation that looks different mm-hmm. for each and every person. Because, totally. you know, so many times I'll talk to some of my male colleagues and they'll be burned out and will have zero depression. Like if you screen them or like, you know, different symptoms. But then I'll talk to some of my female colleagues and they are like, to the max on both of those levels. So I always tell people like, it doesn't matter. It's what it is to you and the the mental health side. I agree with that. But I would also point out that women internalize a lot of it and don't ask for help. And they take on way more than other people because they don't want to be seen as someone who is incapable of doing whatever it is, whether it's being the you know, star at your office or being the perfect mom at home, you're constantly feeling burnt out on both ends because you want to be perfect in both scenarios. And so that internalization of it also plays a huge role. Yeah. And so I love that because I think so many times as a type A alpha female, like I just want to like have the name, like, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) the diet, like I want to pin it down. And I guess what I'm saying is like, if you're suffering, no matter where the suffering is coming from, it's time to ask for help. And so talk a little bit about how your mental health has suffered over the years. Oh my God. If I could tell, I actually, I have a a piece on my blog and on my website about my struggle with mental health because of having dyslexia and ADHD and all of the things that have been said to me over the years about not being able to go to college and that I was going to turn out to be nothing or that I was stupid or being called out in front of my other classmates and literally being told I was stupid and I was not worth teaching because it was a waste of their time. You know, I could go on and on about the things that were said, that stuff sticks with you. And so when you start your job as an adult, even though you're not thinking about it constantly, your subconscious is like, okay, am I not worth teaching a new skill in my new job? Am I not worthy of the question that I want to ask because I'm afraid that they're going to think I don't know what I'm doing? You know, it's all of those things that you're internalizing. And I always talk about this book and they're going to laugh at me, but the book, I'm going on a bear hunt 
is like one of those things you like what you learn as a kid and your parents might have read it to you. But on every page, they're taking an adventure and they say, I'm not scared, but I can't get over it. I can't go under it. I got to go through it. And I think that that was one of the greatest lessons that are in these kinds of books as a kid that you don't think about as until you're an adult and you got to go through it. I think therapy is so critical to everybody, honestly, in terms of burnout, especially like a good therapist who can help you walk through it instead of just pushing it away and digging it under a hole. It's going to keep bubbling up if you don't walk through it and acknowledge it and say, this doesn't serve me and we're done with it. Yeah, absolutely. So mentioning a therapist, who else has been instrumental in your journey? I would say that my family has been a huge piece of this. I had an incredible resource and teacher when I was in fourth grade who I honestly think has has lit the fire in me to start this business and to support other people who have a learning disability or ADHD because she always put me in a place to say, like, you understand, explain to me what you understand. Or you know how to organize. How can you organize it in a way that makes sense to you? And she really forced me to think within the realm in which I could think and learn and put something together. And that's how I really think wholeheartedly and how I talk to all of my clients and how I've been doing program and leadership development for over a decade because I was going with where they are, how they think, how they learn, and expanding from that and allowing people to ask these kinds of questions in a, in a way that makes them feel heard and validated. So I would say that was a huge piece of it. And my friends who really never saw me as stupid, you know, my friends from high school who are still some of my closest friends today were graduating the top 20 of my class, salutatorian, their doctors and their um, speech pathologists and lawyers, and they have multiple degrees. And here on paper, they look like the brightest people in the, in the world. And they are incredibly bright. But you know who they came to when they needed to solve a problem? Me, the one who was in, you know, remedial classes, who was in resource room, who had low SAT scores, who was quote unquote, useless. I solved all of their problems. And that's how I had the, the ability to think like, I'm worthy of something. They pushed me to be a leader in all of the different you know, organizations that I was in, I was president of several organizations, captain of this team. And, you know, like that was something that was valued in other ways. And that messaging and that encouragement was important for me to know, to know that I was worthy. Was it a eureka moment that really sprung you forward on, I am unique. I can solve problems in a very unique way that other people can't. Or was it like, multiple steps along your journey? I would really say a combination of both. That I always thought I'm not stupid. Why do people think that I'm stupid? But then I would say, really, when I came up with the idea of capable consulting, and I didn't know the name and exactly what it would look like, but I was 16 and had uh, been working with a resource room teacher who was an SAT tutor. And she told me when she saw my PSAT scores that I should really be applying to smaller schools and not applying to big schools because there was no way I was going to get in them because I, I was nothing. And I like looked at her and and I said, so you don't see me as anything more than a number that you don't see any of my skills. You don't see me. You don't hear me. You've been working with me for a year. You don't see value 
in me and my skills and my life. And that was so alarming and so disturbing to me that I just walked away and said, like, you know what? F you. Fuck that. Yeah. Like this is, this is not real. This is not that like all of what she said was just complete crap. And I went to Indiana university. I got in. Yeah. Go Hoosiers. We're big Hoosier fans over here. So I went to Indiana university and not only did I get in, of course I struggled. It's a huge university, but I created a mentor retention program for students with disabilities so that they could succeed in a large university. I won several awards from the city and the state and was nominated for the senior award, which out of a class of like almost 8,000, I was one of seven students who got nominated. That was valuable. That's also on paper. So you know what? To the naysayers, don't listen. Listen to your internal dialogue because that is the one that matters. Absolutely. So fill us in from then to now on the journey. Where are you at now? So I had been working in New York City and working in program and leadership development for over a decade. And one of the things I was so frustrated by was the fact that I was really privileged to have all kinds of resources all the way through college. But that doesn't exist when you are in the workplace. It's apples and oranges. I can't ask for extra time on tests or be in a separate location to do something, especially when you're low man on the totem pole, you're sitting in a, you know, a cubicle, those kinds of things. So I really wanted to find a way to help other people learn to advocate for themselves in these new environments, but also know the right environments for them to be in. You know, what kinds of questions should you be asking? What kinds of skills do you have that will put you in the right positions to succeed? Because so many people who have a learning disability or ADHD get fired from their job because they take on more than they are able to really do. They are in the wrong positions for themselves or in the wrong environments. They don't know what questions to ask. And so I wanted to be that support for other people to say, look, I'm dyslexic. I have ADHD. I've worked in very high pressure environments and profit and nonprofit and startups. I've literally been there. So when I was laid off from my job because of COVID, I was like, you know what? Wanted to do this since I was 16. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. And let's really find a way to support people who need it the most, who are working from home and don't know how to manage their schedule or, you know, making those transitions continuously back and forth into an office again and really don't know how to make themselves productive in both scenarios. So that's what I've been doing. I've been coaching um, individuals and then I've been working with organizations to try and and companies to really try and make their environments much more inclusive to not only people who have a learning disability or ADHD, but to really make everyone more inclusive and much more productive because what helps one person is going to be helpful. For example, spell check. Spell check is critical for everyone. Everyone makes typos. Everyone makes mistakes when you are doing a lot of work at a time. Like things like that. So simple. So for the woman or man out there that's listening who is like, oh my God, I need Alex in my life. How do you specifically help them? So I work one-on-one coaching and I have this theory of best principles versus best practices, which means you think of best practices, you think, okay, here's the five best tips to help someone who has ADHD in the workplace. None of them work for you. You feel like a failure because you've tried all of them. They're supposed to work for everyone else. So you're not the failure. The system that was made for a very wide population failed you. 
I like to think of it as best principles, meaning we have the same goal in mind and how we get there is actually going to be up to you. It can be designed for you in a way that actually makes sense to you because that's what makes it sustainable and attainable long-term. So I work one-on-one in different coaching sessions, whether it's packages from six to 12 sessions, or if there's something very specific that you need short-term help on, I do strategy sessions so that you can really make that happen in a much quicker pace. So that's something that I do one-on-one. I love it, friend. I absolutely love it because uh, it just, like we were saying, there's no spell check in my damn EMR at work (laughs) and I need it. So I have to copy paste all the time. Um, it is. And and so for those people who are out there listening today, what do you want them to walk away with knowing from our conversation? Everyone has these unique skills and everyone is valued. And you need to know what your strengths are and how other people can see your value. You're capable of so much. And I want you to be able to feel like you're capable of so many things. And that's what I really want people to hear. Listen to your inner dialogue of I'm capable and I'm great and I'm amazing at this. And that's important too. Alex Gilbert, the badass in me honors the badass in you. Thank you. I'm always so thrilled to share these stories that are so transformative, that encourage, inspire, and infuse all of us with hope and inspiration. If you need some more of that in your life, come hang out with me at burntouttobadass.com. Check the show notes. We got lots of great resources, and I would love to see you in there. All right. And don't forget, my friend, the badass in me honors the badass in you.